Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 17th. You're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. Sometimes within 15 minutes or fewer, not today. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by 24-7 sports director of recruiting, Steve Wiltfong. And Steve, we are in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida on the occasion of the early signing period, which if you're listening to this on Tuesday is tomorrow. So how are you doing? Are you tired? I'm doing well, and I just want to put in there, we apologize if anything we say on this podcast now on Monday afternoon, that news has shifted uh, by the time you're listening to this Tuesday morning, because it's that time of year we're chasing down leads on these blue chip recruits that are going to be signing their letters of intent beginning on Wednesday, the first of the three-day early signing period. And sometimes we think we know something, or sometimes a young man's mind changes here late in the process, but we're trying to sort it all out here uh, as we are less than 48 hours away. Yeah, so to set the stage... And, you know, expectations for this podcast, I don't know. We, it could be quick. It could be long. We're both on a lot, you know, limited hours of sleep. And you have probably called and texted everybody in your phone book today. It's been fun to watch. And hopefully, and th- thank you for giving us 30 minutes of your time. So the early signing period, this is the third year of it. Two years ago, 65% of the FBS pool of prospects signed on that early, on that early period, which is Wednesday. Last year, it was 77%. I'm not expecting 12% jump again. Like It's not going to be 89% on Wednesday, but it'd probably be in the 80s. And, and the, the, the rankings, I guess the player rankings reflect that. You go pull that sheet up on 247sports.com. You see a lot of committed prospects, and a lot of those guys are going to sign Wednesday. But that doesn't mean there's not plenty of storylines. This is, I think, the most compelling or the best race for number one in quite some time. You got Clemson Tigers. They're number one right now. I say right now on Monday afternoon. They've never been higher than seven, Steve, in the recruiting rankings. You've got Alabama at number two. It's good, you know, that's old hat for them. LSU at number three. Ohio State at four. A&M at five. If you're looking for a team outside the top five that could jump up into the top three, it's Georgia at number six. Georgia has a lot left on the table. And, and so speaking of Georgia, let's go down to Athens, Steve, where perhaps the biggest recruiting domino left on the board Jordan Birch took an official visit this week. And Jordan Birch, for those of you at home, is the number five player in the 24-7 sports composite, the number two defensive end. He's from Columbia, South Carolina. And nobody seems to know what Jordan Birch is going to do. I don't know if Jordan Birch knows what he is going to do, but Steve Wolfong, what do you think Jordan Birch is going to do? Well, this is one of the toughest recruitments to put a finger on here down the stretch in the sense that Justin Flo, five-star linebacker, number one linebacker in the country, we got it down to two. Uh, if he picked Oregon or USC, no surprise either way. But if he picked Miami, um, although the Hurricanes have been in the mix for him the entire cycle and he took an official visit down there and he likes them, uh, 
Yeah, Oregon it's, it's, or, it's right. Oregon or USC. Zach Evans is another one that's had a lot of twists and turns. Uh, Alabama led in the spring, Georgia in the in the summer into the fall, uh, but now LSU or Texas A and M. If it's not one of those two, um, would be would be a surprise. And he may sign and and then announce at the he's planning to announce at the Under Armour game, but he may sign Wednesday and keep it quiet. But Birch, four teams. He's got five five finalists. I think four. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, Clemson, the the one that I thought led early in the spring, um, and then LSU is probably the one that has had the most smoke uh, from the people I've talked to um, going into this past weekend's official visit to Georgia. So, did that visit change anything? I'm not sure. And then you you've always had South Carolina. Um, he's from Columbia, South Carolina. He's high school teammates with Will Muschamp's son. Right. Uh, and uh, I think that their relationship goes beyond teammates. I think they hang out. I think they're buddies. Uh, and, and obviously, it's close to home. And uh, um, so, that, so they're in the mix. So I, I just, I, I don't know. If he picked one of those four, I wouldn't be surprised. And so I think that the 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 web is bigger or the net is bigger for uh, Jordan Birch and, and the possibilities for him. So if he goes to LSU, the LSU Tigers have just a tremendous chance to get the number one class because they've also got Philip Webb, a four-star linebacker uh, on the board still. Maybe they get Zach Evans. If he goes to Georgia, you're looking at maybe a top three class with plenty of upward momentum. There's Georgia guys on the board. Darnell Washington, the dogs will get five-star tight end. Khalil Rango, five-star cornerback, the dogs will get. If he goes to South Carolina... It's a massive boon for Will Muschamp, who just finished a four and eight season, rather embattled over there. And to sign, you might say, no, it's not a big deal. You sign in a hometown kid. It's a big deal to sign a top five player. And, you know, I don't know if it directly results in an extra one or two wins on the field, which is what Will Muschamp is going to need to do to save his job. But it would be big. And if he goes to Clemson, you're looking at just a disgusting defensive line haul for Brent Venables in a class that includes number one overall player, Brian Brzee. Miles Murphy, defensive end, uh, top five player too. So there's a domino effect there. Jordan Birch, massive domino, sprawling domino effects. Justin Flo, the other guy you were mentioning, the number four player in the composite, hard-hitting linebacker from California. He has a domino effect too, and we already saw that happen this past weekend when Clemson, the longtime leader for Flo, perceived to be leader, ends up taking a commitment from Trenton Simpson, who was we thought going to go to North Carolina. Tell us about that and tell us about what it meant. So tell us, you know, why did Clemson, did, you know, did they get feelers that flow wasn't going to happen? They jumped on Simpson and all of a sudden now North Carolina doesn't get their five star, but maybe USC or Oregon does get flow. Well, I think that flow took a visit to Clemson in the summer and they were the leader and they may have led even before that visit, but that visit, um, put Clemson, uh, in pole position for him. And, um, Greg Biggins, our lead in lead expert on flow reported this week, had a great report on him this week where it was like, he was supposed to commit to them in August and didn't, and, and was supposed to commit to them again in September and didn't. So I think it just kind of became more and more evident that, uh, he, he wasn't going to go to Clemson, but if you're Clemson, you got to hang in there, right? This is a, uh, they say out West Biggin says out West, the hardest hitter he's seen at linebacker since perfect. His highlights film is scary. He's as hard a hitter as I've seen, uh, and a tremendous player, uh, just an absolute tone setter and, and a, and a young man that fits in any locker room. Uh, so, so you have that complete package with him. You, you hang in there, even though maybe now all of a sudden it's not trending our way, but at the same time, they keep another five star 
with the immense potential in, in Trenton Simpson, a terrific two-way player um, in his own right. Uh, and so, him- like, what, like, tell me what happens here. Is like Trenton Simpson, one-time Auburn commit. We've been thinking for months he's going to go to North Carolina. Well, only because he didn't have a Clemson offer. Right, but Clemson we was keeping never it. thought that. Like, if, if Clemson would have offered early, we would have never thought Auburn. We would have never thought North Carolina. He would have went to Clemson. And Clemson kept him warm. Yeah. And the headline on your story, which like seen by a lot of people, was like Clemson flexes its muscles, which I think is cool. It's like you're talking about a national recruiting power, the impact that brand can have on a kid who has been courted by another school for months. And all of a sudden, Clemson swoops in and is like, this is ours. Well, five-star, I think Charles Power had the tweet, our colleague had the tweet, uh, a five-star taking an official visit this late in the process to a school he doesn't have an offer from is kind of unheard of. Um, but Trenton Simpson's a, a kid that understands the bigger picture here. Like, Clemson's the ticket that I want. I'm not going to take it personal that I don't necessarily have the ticket to the ride yet. I understand that they recruit from a smaller pool. I understand that um, my time hasn't been, hasn't come yet, but they are talking to me. So they're definitely interested in me. They've invited me to campus. They, they like me. I'm going to reciprocate and see where it goes. And he comes on his visit and he gets the offer he wanted. And he was supposed to commit on Wednesday, uh, and announces his decision, which we all thought was North Carolina, but hell, I got the offer I want. I'm taking it right now, man. You can't take it back. You can't change yeah. your mind. I'm I'm going to Clemson. I'm in the class, and they land a, a, a kid that has as much potential as anyone in this class to be an All-American and a first-round draft pick and just a, a dynamic pass rusher. And what a front seven class that Clemson's recruited here. They have the number one defense in America right now going into the college football playoff. And they're going to reload with Miles Murphy and, and, and Trenton Simpson coming off the edge, two explosive pass rushers. Brian Brzee, who can play any position on the defensive front, and and, and DeMonte Capehart, who's as uh, uh, um, – dominant defensive tackles there is in this class as well. So a hell of a haul and and they may still get Jordan Birch. Wow. Yeah. So jump back to the other coast. If Oregon gets flow, you start to think about Oregon's class. was just like seriously awesome on defense. Cause you've got no Sewell, younger brother of the best offensive lineman in America, Panay Sewell. He's sort of a, a part of this 2020 wave of jumbo athletes. Charles Power wrote about that the other day. It's like Darnell Washington, Drew Sanders, Art Gilbert, like these like multi-position, very versatile, like freakazoids who could just play anywhere. Noah Sewell, Justin Flo, a linebacker, maybe Dante Manning in the defensive backfield. Mario Cristobal has very quickly turned Oregon into a Pac-12 recruiting superpower, and it sort of feels like Oregon might be the new USC as far as like the best recruiting team in the Pac-12? Well, they're the team in the Pac-12 right now that has the best national brand to go out of territory and out of region and and have a chance to land a kid like Dante Manning, who just took an official visit to Georgia over the weekend. And the intel right now is still telling me that Oregon's the one to beat. So I think I'm going to crystal ball Oregon. uh, Oh. I think I'm going to crystal ball Oregon for Dante Manning. Um, as I work that storyline right now, I, I know that there's still some Sooners hope and our Oklahoma insider Brandon Drum feels good about Oklahoma for, for Manning, but I had been hearing more uh, Georgia, Oregon there. Um, and, uh, um, but yeah, um, 
Oregon, you look at they they you're seeing young kids making a difference. Kayvon Thibodeau and and the the number one class in the Pac-12 last year. That was their first time ever finishing number one in the conference. They're trying to finish in the top ten two years in a row, um, and, and they're already off to a fast start in 2021. And Trey, I, I went out to Eugene this summer and uh, got a chance to spend some time on campus while they had recruits on campus and and uh, the the atmosphere that they create for prospects when they come to Eugene. I mean, when a, when a young man gets there, they have to go up an elevator to get into their football facility. And when that elevator opens, you see, and I've written about this before, yeah. you see like 30 staff members, including Mario Cristobal in the middle of it, like welcoming you. And it's a bunch of hugs. And I mean, the, so the visit right off the, the bat is just a tremendous. It's fun. And the, all the coaches are involved. It's not like Mario is a former 24 seven sports recruiter of the year, but he's got some great assistants that can recruit their asses off too. And, and uh, um, do you think he took Mario Cristobal under Alabama? Do you think he took like a Nick Saban SEC type approach to the Pac-12, to Oregon. Because it kind of reminds me of what Urban Meyer did when he got to the Big Ten. He's sort of rising tide lifts all ships, right? So Mario's more in the mold of Urban Meyer than Nick Saban. But basically, he took, like, this aggressive, you know, shoot for the stars, you know, like, infrastructure recruiting approach, and he took it to a conference that really needed it. Sure. Like, this might change the conference. Well, they're in it. they have one of the best graphics guys in college football at Oregon. Uh, when you go to the, fo- the photo shoot, the kids love it. I mean, it's you're, it's like you're in the club. at the fo- In the, the club. The music's, the music's off. The, the latest hip-hop pop song is, is going going off, and, and the Let's coaches pl- are in there dancing and uh, with you, and, 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 and they're doing their poses for the pictures, and uh, they, you know, they have a photographer on staff that that's his job just to take the pictures of, of the recruits, uh, on campus. And, and it's just it, to see the results, it, but, but then they're not just, it's not just a bunch of hoopla. Then you see them come out and go to right. the Rose bowl this year. And they're going to be a football team. That's going to be in contention for new Year's six games and beyond for a while with the way they're recruiting and the way they're coaching them up and made a great DC hire last cycle. And we'll see if Mario can make a good OC hire this cycle. All right, Steve. So tomorrow, December 18th, we're going to see a ton of kids make commitments. And a lot of those are going to be televised on ESPN. A lot of those are just going to be live streamed on the school. If you're looking for info on that, 24-7 is the place to go. I think I'm going to put you on the spot now. And I think that our listeners are going to like this part. I'm just going to like, I want, I'm just going to go down this list. And I, I want to hear what you're thinking for all these kids. Okay. You ready? All right. Lyneth Whitehead. This is in Athens, Georgia. Okay, so linebackers I, slash running back. Crystal Ball says South Carolina. Right, and I think that that's. I think the family really likes South Carolina. Okay, um, and he was at South Carolina's win over Kentucky. Uh, that was early in the year. There was a lot of juice. Will Muschamp gave a great post game uh, interview. Uh, after I think they snapped a losing streak that day. Uh, they hadn't been right. Kentucky in a while. I'm going to keep but you Tennessee, moving. We got a lot of names. Tennessee right there, though, uh, with, with Whitehead in the track program, doing a good job helping the balls. All right. Jeff Sims was one of the most interesting players in this class. Longtime Florida State quarterback commit. Mike Norvell comes aboard. Jeff Sims decommits. And I thought he might be following Willie Taggart to wherever he's going. But no, you, you think it might be Georgia Tech here for the four-star dual threat kid? Georgia Tech or Maryland. They both hosted him on an official visit this month. And, and Mike Loxley uh, uh, proved last year that he could win a late quarterback recruiting battle. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the kid's name, but beat Florida State. Yeah, he did. For the kid from Louisiana. Why, why can't I remember his name? I don't know, but 
I I do know like it, it is funny this time of year, Steve. Like you know all these names, like a thousand, like literally like a thousand names. And then next year you have to do the same thing, and the next year after that, it's like where do all the names go in your head? Like they, look, if you don't play, I got to make room for new names so I forget who you are. Yeah, you're like deleting Maryland over Florida State, emptying the trash. <laughs> Jeremiah Pegways. Oxford kid, right. athlete. So I've had a pick on Auburn for a while. Okay. I think Coach Porter's done a great job there in, in Malzahn. Um, but you got, he's from Oxford. You got the Lane Kiffin, the Lane train uh, there. You said something interesting about Lane Kiffin the other day. You really think he's going to do a good job of recruiting at Ole Miss. Yeah, I think he's bringing excitement there. And I used to have a rule uh, for blue chippers. I applied it with N'Kobe Dean and, and got – they got, they're not going to get a guy that's ranked in the top 247 unless no one else wants them. That rule is gone now. I think that they can win two four seven top 247 recruiting battles with Lane Kiffin. Maybe too late this cycle to win a guy like J.J. Uh, Peegs. Peegs, okay. Um, but uh, Alabama's in there. They hosted him. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Top 100 offensive tackle, Marcus Dumerville, down here in, in, in Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. LSU is 100% crystal ball. Are you expecting that to be LSU? Yeah, I'm one of them. I like okay. LSU. Jaheim Bell, he will uh, commit on our 24-7 sports signing day show. This is a three-star all-purpose back from Georgia. South Carolina has all of the possible crystal ball picks at 85%. You rolling Gamecocks or you want to wait for some more info? No, I, I put my crystal ball in for, for South Carolina today. I like the Gamecocks to add Jaheim. All right, I'm excited about this one. This is Emmett Smith's son, EJ Smith. You have been working the phones on this one all day. Four-star, all-purpose back. It seems like this is a toss-up here. Stanford's in the mix. A&M's in the mix. Florida's in the mix. Is he following his dad to Florida? Well, I think the program that wants him the most is Stanford. He went out there um, for the Notre Dame game. He put in a lot of work to get into Stanford. They can only recruit like 70 kids a year. He's one of them that has a legit offer. Uh, and the buzz was early, Stanford. I, I thought Ohio State was the biggest challenger. Um, they're not really in it to my knowledge. Um, sometimes you get a curve, a George Pickens curveball. Yeah, Eric uh, Gilbert curveball. Uh, uh, but um, uh, Florida, uh, Blake Alderman, uh yeah. from our Florida site, I don't think he feels like that's going to happen. Uh, Texas A&M, they already have a couple running backs committed. They maybe get Zach Evans. So what does that do for EJ Smith? That would be who I would guess uh, right now because uh, he also took an official to Georgia and collaborating with with Rusty Manziel from Dogs 247. I don't foresee Georgia for EJ Smith right now either. So, all right. Uh, I don't, I mean, Stanford, uh, Texas A&M. I don't know. Yeah. The number 42 player in the country, linebacker Philip Webb from Georgia. Crystal ball is all LSU here. Any reason to think otherwise? Who are we talking about? Philip Webb. Oh, uh, LSU. Same you an important text? Yeah. yeah look you need down. to answer it? No. I'm, okay. Yeah. You got a scoop going. CJ Stroud, the top uncommitted quarterback in the, in the country. We've, we talked about his story when I had you on the podcast last time. Blew up. Blew up at the opening finals. L, or Ohio State wants him. Georgia wants him. Michigan. Is he going to Ohio State? Um, I don't think it's done. Okay. Um, I, I think that uh, official visit to Georgia uh, was a real eye-opener. I think that they've done a good job recruiting him. Coach Coley's been out there. Uh, he sees a need in both quarterback rooms long-term. Um, and it's kind of similar situations right now. Fields has got one more year. It's more, does Jake Fromm come back or That's not? what's really interesting So, so if Jake Fromm were to announce – 
today <laughs> or tomorrow that he was foregoing his senior year and going to the NFL. I think that would help Georgia with C.J. Stroud. Uh, Ohio State, he uh, not. I'm not saying he won't pick Georgia. I'm just saying that would give them a boost. A thousand percent. Uh, I, I, I think with Ohio State, great relationship with the players that he got to know at the opening finals that are already committed. It's the only school he visited twice this fall, to my knowledge. Uh, had a good official visit. A lot of the buzz has been around Ohio State. Um, but I think Georgia is not making this a layup crystal ball pick like the ones for Doomerville and Webb. We want more layups. I'm I don't yeah. want mid-range yeah. jumpers or three-pointers or half-quarters. I don't want some layups. Man. You know what's interesting is that the Jake Fromm, will he or won't he go, It's kind of throwing a curveball into all this, and Jake Fromm doesn't have to make any sort of decision until mid-January, right? So, But he's not going to make his decision by Wednesday. Georgia could put out feelers to CJ Stroud about what they're thinking Jake Fromm does. We were talking about it this morning. This class of 2020 quarterback crop, ton of great players, like a more talented quarterback class in 2019. But the opportunities for these kids to play immediately, far less so. I mean, this past year was the year of the freshmen. There's like one or two places where a guy's going to play immediately. Bryce Young at Alabama's one. I think if C.J. Stroud went to Georgia and Jake Fromm wasn't there, C.J. Stroud's, uh, you talk about layup, a layup maybe to start day one. Right, so with with Jake Fromm, I think that it's a deal where he loves Georgia. Mm -hmm. I think this season left a bad taste in his mouth as a competitor. He's lost to LSU two years in a row now. I just think that it's important to him to do as much as he can to win as much as he can at Georgia, where on the flip side, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but like let's talk about a guy like K.J. Hamler, hypothetically. He can't – he should go. Pro. He can't really improve his stock. The Penn State receiver should right, go. Right, right. And like, could Jake Fromm improve his stock? Yes or no? I don't know. But I think Georgia, it, it just in general, is important to him. Like college football, uh, he he loves it. He could improve his stock. Will he improve his stock? Is the question. See, we got a four-star defensive end. Tyler Barron's going to commit on the CBS Sports Signing Day show. Looks like Tennessee's the move. Feeling any reason to not think that? No, I think that this is a big year for Tennessee up front on their defensive line. They landed Omari Thomas recently, and I, I think that Tyler Barron joins the fold for Great. them. Another guy he's going to announce on the 24-7 Sports Show, Desmond Tisdall, inside linebacker, number 229 in the composite. Crystal Ball says Auburn. Tennessee's also in the mix here. Yeah, man, I like Auburn. That's my crystal ball forecast here. Auburn's got a chance. Auburn and Florida are teams that have a chance to get their way into the top five. The mm. top four, uh, well. Well, George is going to jump. Okay, yeah, I have right, a question. Right. Is Dan Mullen, like you talk about Florida making a move. Oh, do you have something to say? So mathematically, they still have a chance to lure in Georgia. If Georgia misses on some of these guys, I, I think George is going to get Keely Ringo. George has got a ton of upside, but. Uh, they're going to get Darnell Washington, but but Auburn and Florida are two programs um, that like A and M's number five right now. They have a chance to catch A and M and move into that range. Florida making a move's got to be encouraging for Florida fans. They were a fringe top ten class last year. Of course, we it was well documented the attrition the twenty nineteen class suffered. Top prospect in that class was Chris Steele. He was gone before fall camp started. They lost a few other guys from there too for various other reasons. Is Dan Mullen? And what, what, what's the word on him as a recruiter? Because you hear that fans aren't really satisfied with his efforts and obviously a brilliant X's and O's guy, though. Well, I mean, when you had a guy like Urban Meyer there who really set the tone and was innovative. Best class ever. Innovative with recruiting and, and, and winning the titles with two different rosters. Um, 
but but Florida, I look at their class and Gervin Dexter um, is one of the most important recruiting wins for any program nationally because he really solidifies them in the middle of that defensive line. He's he's one of the top defensive tackles in the country. And then Derek Wingo's got five star athleticism uh, at the linebacker position and is in our top 100. So those are the two jewels of the class and uh, should keep their defense uh, nice and stout. Arian Smith staying in Florida, a Lakeland receiver. He's going to announce at 12.05. This is an interesting one. Georgia has all the picks, but I don't think there's any sort of you know, s- solidness here. Well, I feel good about Georgia. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I put a pick in uh, early in the fall. He had told me that Georgia led. Um, he's also going to run track in college, and Georgia's Georgia's track program really helps there. So the more the more I think about it, I don't, you know, Georgia, they're going to they're going to be fun to follow the wins and and maybe losses. They may be the most intriguing team going into the early signing period with all the the meat that's still on the bone for Kirby Smart Company. But Alabama's probably the biggest challenger for for Arian Smith. But I like Georgia going in. One more guy. I'm going to ask you your prediction on Jordan Birch. Oh man, I mean, I don't know. Hell, right to change my mind later. Sure, uh, but I guess if I had to make a a a, a prediction right now, I'd, and I I'm not even going to act like I have the greatest in, intel on Jordan Birch. You're just trying to piece puzzle pieces together of pretty good intel. I, LSU's been the I don't know. I feel like there's. I feel like he wanted to go to Clemson too for a while. I don't, hell, I don't know. LSU, I guess. LSU is your pick. You have the right to change that come Tuesday morning. Steve, flip or flip watch is kind of interesting this year. There's a few guys. We were talking today four star receiver Johnny Wilson, Oregon commit, probably going to flip to Arizona State. Yep, I think so. And Arizona State's going to be a team to watch tomorrow, Trey. They're in like the 50s right now going into the early signing period, but they could fight their way into the top 25. They got four guys that could be in the fold for them uh, by the end of the day. Johnny Wilson, who we talked about on Flip Watch from from Oregon. LV Bunkley Shelton is a top two four receiver uh, from Sarah out there in California that Greg Biggins and, and many others have forecasted to the Sun Devils. Corey Renz, a speedster from Louisiana that I like Arizona State for uh, that could play running back. And uh, Elijah Badger is a four-star athlete, defensive back, um, also from California, that Biggins and, and everybody has crystal ball. Antonio Pierce, lead recruiter on a lot of those guys. Trey, he's one of your uh, ten interesting names. Eight. It's, it was eight now. I couldn't find ten. By the time you're reading this article, you can get get it to ten. We can get it out to now, ten. I'm going to settle on eight. But Antonio Pierce is, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know who Antonio Pierce is. Super Bowl winning linebacker for the Giants. He, Steve, I was looking like he was, he's a recruiter on those receivers. He was also the the recruiter on Jaden Daniels, Arizona State star quarterback. So Antonio Pierce has gone from linebacker to ESPN color analyst to Long Beach Poly head coach to one of the Pac 12's best recruiters. So that's a cool storyline that I don't think enough people are paying attention to. All right. A lot of successful football coaches on that staff that are also incredibly personable. Mm. So when they get in the living room, you get in the living room with Herm Edwards and Antonio Pierce, those guys be closing. Closing. All right. Four-star running back Jace McClellan has been committed to Oklahoma since July of 2017. And he's waited the last few days of the cycle to maybe get cold feet. And Alabama is making a push. And I'm reading Bama online. And Bama feels confident about Jace McClellan. What's going on here? Look, they w- they don't invest this much time in, in prospects that are pipe dreams. You know, they're in it. And, and so 
They've had him on campus. There's a relationship there with Charles Huff and, and, and several other members uh, of the uh, Alabama staff. And I haven't heard – no one's told me, hey, Steve, Jason McClellan's not going to Oklahoma, but I'm certainly – he's going to be in the Flip Watch article. Yeah, who else is in Flip Watch, Steve? Donnell Harris committed to A&M, announcing in a ceremony Wednesday in Miami, possibly headed to Florida. You believe Florida could be a big flipper of a lot of, of, a lot of players here. Yeah, and they kind of already gotten that started a, a little bit when you look at uh, their their latest Braun commits. from Georgia. They, they flipped Braun. Um, they kind of scrolling through their list here because, as you said earlier, a lot of names. We've got like a workshop here in Fort Lauderdale. We've got Jalen Lee was Jalen Lee was committed to LSU. Now he's now he's with Florida, and then you you pull up the the targets and. Timothy, Timothy Smith is his ex, as we talked about Gervin Dexter, how big a get that was. If they could get Gervin Dexter and Timothy Smith, who's committed to Alabama, but been the Florida a lot this cycle, that that would be a, a tremendous flip as well. Jameer Gibbs is a running back committed to Georgia Tech. They're trying to flip. Henry Parrish is another running back that had a great season uh, at Columbus uh, in Miami, who was committed to Pitt that just reopened. And a Clyde Pinder defensive tackle from North Carolina, a big get for Mac Brown and company, uh, fighting to hang on to Clyde Pinder as he just took an official to Florida. Speaking of flips, Arkansas has the number 123 class in the country right now after everybody decommitted following Chad Morris's firing. As we record this on Monday, they have six players in their class. Sam Pittman hosted five guys, or maybe more than that, this weekend, but five could could conceivably be hogs. We don't need to spend any time on that, but you saying flips brought this to my attention. They're trying to flip a Missouri kid, an Oregon kid, and a Virginia kid. If that happens, that could be a big recruiting win for Sam Pittman, who, I mean, at 123, you need all of that. I'll ask you about one more flip candidate, Steve, and if there's someone else I'm not thinking of, you know, hit me on it. B. John Robinson, what are you hearing? The five-star running back committed to Texas. USC wants him, though, too. I mean, I'm hearing he's supposed to sign with Texas on Wednesday, so, you know, we'll see if that holds true because I do think he was letting people come into his living room. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he was for sure. It's... You know, we, we sit up here and you never know when George Pickens is going to flip to Georgia or anything like that. It's crazy. is going to happen. You never know what NLIs are not going to come in. So we'll be back. The plan for, of action this week is tomorrow's signing day. We're going to wake up super early, crush the show. We're going to write a lot of stories. We're going to break a lot of news. Well, you are. I'm going to, you know, maybe help you write some headlines. On Wednesday afternoon, we'll drag our tired corpses back into this room and do a winners and losers from first day of the early signing period podcast. So you guys can expect that to publish Wednesday evening or so. Apologies for not having one on Wednesday morning, but this will have to suffice. Steve, any big, bold predictions before we get out of here? Are you just kind of ready to get back to the phones and start start working your scoop? Well, I feel like you teed me up there to make a prediction. Well, I already made you predict Jordan Birch. Um, so you I, know, we talked about Dante Manning earlier. Um, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Who, okay, okay. When when February rolls around, who are, who is twenty four seven sports crowning as the number one class? Who's who are we making the graphic for? We got our graphics guy Ted in here. Who's he making the graphics for? Probably LSU. I think it's gonna be LSU. Yeah. The, the math makes sense. Philip Webb, Marcus Dumermill, maybe Zach Evans, Jordan Birch, maybe. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. There is a lot of fun recruiting action left to go. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're leaving us a five star review. Five star rating, I should say. Uh, a five star review would also be good. Leave us a review. Tell us the player you want your school to sign. 
and we'll maybe talk about him on the show. Uh, for Steve Wolfong, for our producer, Tony Levitt, for Connor Tapp, I'm Trey Scott. Later. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.